My name is Kevin Lutchman and we are currently backstage once again at Lutchman Studios and this is Backstage with Kevin Lutchman. This is a podcast talking about lifestyle, music, photography and all things creative. Guys, welcome to Backstage with Kevin Lutchman. Hi guys, welcome to Lutchman Studios. My name is Kevin Lutchman and in the seat today, we have got Mr. Dexter Dapper Johnson. Now Dexter is an international artistic director for Tony and Guy and Label M. He travels around the world doing shows and seminars and he also does a lot of backstage stuff at Fashion Week. So welcome Dexter. Thank you man, thank you for having me. Right, thank you for coming, it's a real pleasure to, for you to be here. And really I just wanted to ask you, just like a lot of the people, about yourself, about your journey, how you became to do what you're doing now. Um, and really, you know, with the hairdressing, you know, because like anything, I think, you know, I've known you for a while now and I know hairdressing wasn't the first thing that you wanted to do. And I know there was probably something else that you had in mind that you was gonna do before yeah. hairdressing. So I really just wanted to understand how your journey of hairdressing happens. How did it start? How did you get into it? You know, was you brought into it by family or friends or anything like that? And, you know, because we obviously go back when we was working in Blue Water together. So I just yeah. wanted to like, you know, know about that journey and um, how you are today. Ah, uh, okay. So where do I start? Do you know what? I was at this sort of uh, crossroads per se, where I didn't really know where I wanted to go, the direction, mm -hmm. what I wanted to do exactly. And um, I was actually in one of our local pubs and I was talking to uh, one of my best mates, then girlfriends, and uh, she was just quizzing me as to what I could potentially do. And she was like, you know, you're into your clothes, you're into your hair, um, you're into avenues such as fashion and so forth. Yeah. So she said, why don't you go and be a hairdresser? And why don't you go and work for Tony and Guy in particular? Because they just started a brand partnership with London Fashion Week. Um, they had their own product ranges coming out and obviously they were a reputable, reputable should I say, yeah. uh, hairdressing brand. So I was very much sort of taken aback and I was very much like, a, you know, guys like me, we don't do stuff like that. And she was like, no, we do. And she told well, me- Was she a hairdresser? She was a hairdresser. She actually worked for Graham Webb. I don't know if I'm allowed to say- No, I can say what you <laughs> She worked for Graham Webb. And she was like, um, no, Graham Webb's not the one for you. It's Tony and Guy, it's Tony and Guy. So she said, you know, write up a CV. I'll help you with it. Um, <laughs> go and give your CV into Tony and Guy and other hairdressing brands. So at this stage, how old was you at this stage? Oh, I was probably 18, okay. 18, just turned 18. So me being me, you know, as you do, I've printed off loads of CVs. You know, I've got them in those little plastic sleeves yeah. and everything else like that. And I've given them into everyone. You know, the small, no disrespect, the small sweaty Betty salons in the town centres. Yeah. Anyone and everyone. And it's very funny because the only one, the only establishment that called me back for an interview was Tony and Guy. Tony and Guy Blue Water to be exact. Yeah. So um, I'm buzzing at this stage. I've obviously gone to my old dear, you know, look, mum, I've got, I've, got, I've got an interview for Tony and Guy. She's buzzing, everything's sweet, everything's hunky-dory. I wasn't driving or anything like that. So um, she was like, okay, when the interview's gone, 
well, first of all, we're going through interviewing techniques as well. It's absolutely hilarious. Yeah. And I remember she drove me down to the interview. And me being me, I love my fashion clothes and my thing. So um, I remember she made me wear like these absolute rascal black trousers. Yeah. Because, you know, the dress code for hairdressers is black and white. Yeah. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that, mum. Like, let me just turn up in a nice tracksuit. Like, let me be me or something. But she made me turn up in uh, black trousers. And you remember those, like, they were, like, called wallabies? Wallabies? Wallabies, the shoes, wallabies, like loafers. Oh, okay, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I had them and I thought they were hideous. But I remember I turned up to the interview and um, I remember we got caught in traffic on the way there. So, um, yeah. Well, was I, you late? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was late for the interview. And um, I remember I, I tried calling up and they were like, look, just turn up when you can get here. Yeah. And um, I eventually got there and there was this uh, black girl who'd had the interview before. and. She turned up with, I, I say, like a whole family. There was like five members of her family in the, in the waiting area. And the waiting area wasn't big. So I've obviously snuck in and I've sat down. And uh, she did her interview. She's gone to leave. And then I think one of the receptionists, I can't remember her name, but said, oh, you, you can go with them. And I was like, well, I, I don't know her. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, she was like, who are you? And I said, oh, I'm Dex, I'm here for the interview. So I obviously turned up, I've gone round the back into the office. I've had my little interview. And it was funny because it was such a cool interview. It wasn't like an interview. They were asking me, you know, it was funny, like maths questions, English questions, just to get to know me. Yeah. You know, I was getting little riddles. I was being quizzed and so different stuff. It wasn't the generic, what do you know about the company? What do you know about yeah, this? Yeah. And somehow I managed to wow um, the then franchisee owner, Marcus. I say wow. I, I think I did. It'll mm. probably say otherwise. I think he took a liking to me and, um, yeah, got given the job and the rest is history. Wow. So, so it literally started as a conversation with your mate in a pub? Started as a conversation <laughs> with, my, with my friend. Um, I didn't think I had anything about me to pursue it or do yeah. it. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I, was you creative at school or anything <laughs> like that? Or? I was, I, yeah, I, I was creative. I was, you know, that generic report where I think everyone's had it at one stage or the other. You know, Dex, really nice guy, um, could apply himself a little bit more. Yeah. I was at, I, I recently watched a sketch, uh, Mo Gilligan, where a teacher asked a question and he happens to be looking out the window and that was always me. I'd look out the window, the teacher thought I wasn't listening. But he was. I was listening, of course I was listening, but I was just attracted to different stuff. Yeah. And I turned around and I'd answer the question and I thought I, I thought I used to think I was so slick when I did that. Yeah. But it was just certain stuff didn't interest me. I, I needed a buzz, I needed something to thrive off. And sitting down in the same seat every day just didn't do it for me. So then at school, I mean, like, did you not have anything in mind that you want? You know, when you're you know, coming towards the end of your GCSEs and they're like, okay, we, we need to like, you know, figure out what you want to do, you know, what direction do you want to, you know, take your A-levels in or anything like that? Yeah, know? do you know what, I had, I, had, I had a few different directions and even when one of my good friends, uh, Roberto, he went and worked for a, a hairdressing brand in Blackheath. He's not there anymore, but Maggie Flockton. Mm -hmm. And I remember we was like 15, 16 at the time. I was like, why are you doing that? Like, we don't do that, mate. We don't do that. Yeah. That's not us. We're not those type of lads. And it was just very naive, ignorant thinking. So I had the opportunity to do uh, sociology, English literature, um, health and social care, mm -hmm. uh, AS and A levels. And I was doing it, but again, it just didn't interest me. The only thing that did interest me was the sociology aspect. Uh, I had a mentor called Dave Lawrence, 
and he was just very engaging. It was the first real teacher in it. It sounds like such a shame because it was the first real teacher and the first real mentor I had that really piqued my interest. Mm -hmm. He taught me so much about um, sociolo sociolo sociologist aspects. Yeah. I can't talk today. <laughs> you know, everything ranging from um, different aspects, you know, with regards to Marxist theories and, you know, a plethora of things. He, 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 was, just, he was just really good. And then that piqued my interest, which then stemmed and gravitated into, you know, sociology and things like that. Um, a current book I'm reading, which, you know, really, again, it, it, it is getting me G'd up, is getting me going, is um, uh, The ABC of Human Languages is uh, Joseph Ramnero, like, uh, big, big um, uh, psychologist, and it's nice reading a book from a psychologist uh, perspective, mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, someone writing it from a different perspective, you know, like a Neil Strauss, The Game, yeah, know, yeah. A, a book we love, and that. <laughs> you, you love, book, not a, me. <laughs> sorry, a, bu a, book, <laughs> a book I love dearly, Neil Strauss, The Game. Guys, if you, uh, you want to learn a few things, that for me, that changed my life. I'll probably talk about it later, why that book in particular <laughs> means so much to me. There's probably people looking, why? You read that book, what? Yeah, but it, it means a lot to me. But yeah, there's a, I didn't, know what I wanted to do, but I know what I wanted to do. It had to be something engaging. Yeah, because I imagine like with, you know, that type of, you know, th talking about psychology and, you know, working with people and understanding human beings, mm. that is kind of part of your job when you are a hairdresser, you know, like 100%. having to, read your clients, you know, not only through a consultation to ask them, what would you like done to your haircut? But like, mm. actually, you know, we, we, we always say, isn't it? Like we're counselors to our clients so that we have yeah, to yeah, listen yeah, to yeah. like their yeah, problems. Yeah. We have to like advise them, you know, and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And it's, um, it's one of those ones that like, you know, when people say, oh, you're just a hairdresser. There's mm -hmm. a lot more to then, you know, being a hairdresser, you know? Yeah. And so it's interesting that that, that point that you said, you know, it's just a hairdresser. When I eventually got the job, I thought, because I was, I've always, I've tended to be quietly confident in my abilities. Mm. I know if there's something that I can do, I can do it. Uh, I don't always put the best effort or the most effort or 100%, which um, I always should do. Yeah. Or if I don't know how to do something, I'll go and learn it and then I'm able to do it. But I always thought, you know, it's just hairdressing. Like, why is it, what's difficult, what, what is difficult about it? Mm. And I had a big shock. Yeah. The mathematics behind colouring, the application, the discipline when it comes to cutting, mm. you know, um, the balance, things like tension, and um, the psychological aspect, you know, getting to know and understand someone. Yeah. Maybe they can't always articulate what they want, so you have to delve deeper into their mindset and literally pluck it out. Yeah, yeah. Then that goes into the education aspect. How can I make you the best version of yourself? How can I be the best version of myself to then implement my knowledge or my wisdom or whatever it is into you? Mm. What, what is, how do you learn? Are you left-brained, are you right-brained? You know, there, there's so much about it. Hairdressing isn't just picking up scissors and snip-snip. Yeah. And I, I was so disrespectful in the beginning and I learned so, so much. I learned so much. And you know what, because I was old, I was 18, I wasn't eligible for the full, you know, three-year scholarship. Mm. Because I was older, 
I had to do everything. And I'm talking uh, the, vocational, the vocational training, um, plus my vathering. I had to do all of that within a year and a half. And of course, there were people that wrote me off. But I tend to thrive off things like that. When someone yeah. says I can't do something, I'll be like, okay, I'll show you. Yeah. yeah. So, so that being said and done, like, you know, it's interesting you talking about like the whole education because that's going to lead me to my next question, talking about, you know, you've been hairdressing now like over 10 years. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. like from starting as that boy from Tony and Guy in Blue Water to what you're doing now, mm-hmm. you're an international art director for Tony and Guy. You know, mm-hmm. you travel around the world with them, you do the campaigns, you educate you teach students, and you also do your fashion weeks that you obviously, you're a part of Guido's team. Mm-hmm. Like, was that something that you wanted to work towards becoming, or was that kind of like, you know, something that you kind of like thought, oh, actually, you know, there's different avenues and there's different directions that I could take hairdressing, and then it's going back to like, all right, okay, I'm teaching, I'm now giving back, you know, mm. and you're getting something out of it, you know? Yeah, do you know what? Um one thing for, for me personally, I realised I have to do, I, I have to set myself goals, I have to set myself challenges. Yeah. So initially, once I got the job, um, I thought, and once I realised the, the, the discipline I needed and I had to um, really put myself to work to get to where I needed to be, to get my said qualifications. And then from that, I had to set myself a goal as opposed to, you know, starting to earn money on the shop floor working from a, a stylist to a senior stylist uh, to an in-salon style director, you know, all of those things. It was, once I'd, I, I sort of hit those peaks and I was hitting them pretty quickly and I thought, oh, I don't know what to do. And I was getting to that, that phase where it was very much like, um, and I, I'll be honest, I'll be honest with yourself, I'll be honest with everyone that's watching or listening. I was very much the old Dex that I used to be. I was... I wasn't in it for a long time. I was in it for a fun time. Mm. I was uh, a guy that worked with, like, okay, there's one of me to, let's say, six women. Yeah. It, was, it was ridiculous. I, I just wanted to have fun across all boards. I didn't necessarily want to do education. So we're we talking, like, what, like five years into... Yeah, into so we're looking at three, four years into it, yeah. like five tops. So at this age, you're like, what, between 18 to like your early 20s then? Yeah, yeah, I was just having fun. <coughs> doing the, I was doing the lads' holidays with the boys. I, I was just trimming. I yeah. was just trimming hair for the sake of trimming hair. And then I was looking at other people. Um, I was thinking, surely this isn't just hairdressing. Like you say, there, there's so many different avenues and outlets, ways to express yourself. So I started delving into them. I had wonderful mentors. Um, people that really helped me, such as the, the, the Bill Watsons, uh, mm. the Jody Taylors, the Mark Claytons, uh, Cossackers himself that have imparted, you know, little bits of knowledge, little bits of wisdom, have given me that little warm ear when I've needed it and pushed me in a direction yeah. that I've needed to be at the right time. Because, like, you know, like we've known mm. each other like over 10 years and yeah, it's yeah. like I've, you know, personally myself, as you've seen with me as well, like we've grown so much uh-huh, uh-huh. from when we started in Blue yeah, Water. Yeah, yeah. You know, I remember like being in Blue Water and we'd, you know, we'd go to the art team meetings mm-hmm, and we'd mm-hmm, just go mm-hmm. to the courses and, you know, like obviously you came to Covent Garden as well. I was working yeah, there yeah. and we had our fun. Like, you yeah. know, I remember like going out in Soho, you yeah. staying around my house and this, that and the other. Yeah. 
And then obviously, then I parted off. I went to um, Shoreditch, and, and mm. you stayed at Covent Garden. And then obviously, I left the company. But you know, it's it's crazy to how you know how there's another part of Dexter mm. that I that mm. I know. Yeah. And I think a lot of, and I think I'm sure we've had this conversation before, where people just think, oh yeah, Dexter's just a joker. Oh yeah, he's just yeah, gonna yeah, laugh yeah. it off. Oh yeah, oh yeah, don't worry about Dexter. We can mm. not mug you off, but like kind of just be like, oh yeah, De- yeah, Dexter's, you know, the soul of the party. Oh yeah, Dexter, come and like yeah, dance yeah, and yeah, get yeah. on the table. And yeah, 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 yeah. But then there is the other side of you, which you are very, very intelligent. You are very mm. smart, and you do have your game plan. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, you yeah. always know what you're doing, and there's a reason and purpose behind what you're doing. Mm. So I kind of want to, to, you know, dissect that down a bit more because it's like, it's one of those ones that, like I said, where I've where I've known you from being such a young lad to doing what you're doing now. Mate, you you know you you do the likes of the shows of like Dior, Burberry, mm. you know, Chris, um, what do you call it, Prada, you know, you. Obviously, during the whole lockdown period, you know, you're still traveling around Milan, Paris, mm. Dubai, you know, and it's like to be able to do that is not just like, and I, and I know this for a fact, there might be people that are like, yeah, Dex has just been giving it to him in a plate because he works a Tony and Guy. But I know for a fact that that is not the actual truth. So yeah. I mean, you've worked hard for that and it's like you've grafted, we can say you've hustled hard, but I don't like saying hustling because yeah. you've worked to get to that stage with yeah. what you're doing now, you know? Yeah, it's it's interesting you say that because I, of course there's loads of people out there that think they know me Mm. because of what they see on social media or things that I let people see or things I let people hear about me. Even people that I work with closely, um, that I teach with and educate with, you know, they they don't know me. They don't know me and, and and that's what I'm proud of. I'm naturally, I would say I'm quite introverted I would even say I'm quite shy. Loads of people will scoff at that. But if you know me, if you really know me, you know these things. So, you know, in the beginning, I was very much, I, I, I cottoned on very quickly. I cottoned on very quickly that because I didn't have the respect that I needed for the industry and I didn't take it seriously, I didn't necessarily work as hard as everyone else, I realised that, okay, if I don't have the technical ability of some person, someone else, what do I have that can necessarily trump them? Mm. So maybe it was my personality. So I had to amplify that personality. And then I felt for a very long time, my personality overtook everything else. Even when I did have the required abilities to be where I needed to be, yeah. it was very much, you know, ah, oh, that's just fun decks. You know, if you want a good time with decks, it's good. He's going to be the geezer that's mm. last one out, five in the morning. Yeah. You know, he's going to get the shots. He's going to get around for everyone. He's going to be dancing on the table. Yeah. But but that's the thing. It's like, you know, touching on what you just mm. said, but then you still have the ability to, you can make wigs, you can braid, you can do that. Yeah, and I, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. know for a fact, you know, you will spend those times at home mm. and people might think, oh yeah, you're just going out, you're partying, you know, you, you're hanging out with girls. But I know for a fact, you'll be at home and you'll be practicing your braiding. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You'll be braiding your own hair. Yeah, yeah, do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So it's like, there is that part of you that I think a lot of people don't know. Mm. And it's kind of like, do you feel, I mean, is that, I mean, is that the part that you don't want people to know? Or is that the part that you kind of, you know what, wait and see what I do type of thing. Well, do you know, know what? what? I'm, I'm always, okay, I sold myself short for such a long period of time and there was a particular instance for me that changed it, that really, really changed it. And the thing that changed everything was, 
obviously you know, some people know that follow me or whatever it is. Like I came off my motorbike and I had an accident. Mm. I had, I had, I wasn't, it, it wasn't, it wasn't my fault. It was just uh, a bit of a freak accident, skidded on some oil, you know, whatever it is. I've knocked myself out, smashed my hand to pieces. Uh, I've injured myself, mass concussion, you know, and the rest of it, blah, blah, blah. There, there, was, there was a list of all these things that happened to me. Mm. I was actually off work for a little bit of time. Um, and it was funny, I was, I was learning how to write again with my hand, you know, big old scar, um, bolts and bits of metal in it, holding it together and stuff like that. But when I came back or when I was sitting in the hospital and I had numerous operations, my mentality was low, was low because there were people that didn't, that didn't talk to me, didn't reach out to me, that I thought, oh, they're my friends or, you know, I was out with this person like every single night. We was in these clubs, these West End clubs are doing this. Why aren't they talking to me? Because they're not your friends. Mm. There's a difference between friends and there's a difference between associates. friends and yeah, associates and acquaintances. Yeah. There's a vast. I didn't know any of that. I didn't know any of that. It was, it was so, so strange. So I've come back and my mentality has always been of a particular kind. But instead of it just having my, where I'm in a comfort of my own home and I'm doing stuff and no one knows what I'm doing. And I, I do like that. I'm of that mentality where people don't need to know what you're doing. I've got a good friend, Daniel Dawson, and I always talk to him. He, he's a big inspiration to me. And he always says, you know, Dex, speak it out. You know, that affirmations. A lot of people abide by that. But I think for me, if, I, if I'm talking about what I'm going to be doing, it doesn't work. It just seems to <laughs> disappear into the atmosphere. Yeah. So I like to keep it to myself. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, then I can talk. Uh, sorry, if it works, it works. It's good. Then I can talk about it. If it doesn't, it's only me that has to deal with it and stuff like that. Yeah. But when I came back, my mentality was, okay, I don't need to be that guy. I can be that guy with my pals. I can be that guy with the clique, you know, members of the clique. Yeah. You know, acquaintances that are leveling up into my friendship group, that are coming into my circle, I can be that guy. You know, I, in the industry, you know how to do certain things, you know, sort of mirroring, you know, mirroring people to, you know, ascertain what you need to do or how you need to be or what you need to get out of them, what you need to draw out of them. It's a game. It's the game. Some people call it being, being fake. It's not being fake. It's doing the right thing at the right time to get mm. to where you need to be or, um, you know, to get what you need off that person. You're not using that person, yeah, yeah. but it's showing them that you can be a chameleon. Yeah, yeah. It's just showing them you've got many different layers. I always like that term, you know, that it's in Shrek, you know, it goes, uh, I'm an onion, I've got layers. Yeah. I, I just, I just, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big one for, for phrases and philosophy, um, di di different quotes that, that, that mean something. So I came back, I, 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 was, I was different. You know, certain things, I wasn't drinking all the time, I wasn't doing stuff like that. I was, I was a real different person and people were always saying, I, you know, you're not the same person. I, one thing I always get, some people say to me, oh, why are you so negative? No, I'm not negative. Me, that, me sitting there, mm. or not being the person that I was before, or, you know, just being calm. I always say the word calm and people laugh. They're like, oh yeah, Dex is just calm. I'm, I'm just being calm. I don't have to be bumping from wall to wall, buzzing from here to there. Yeah. I'm just calm. That's not, being, that's not me being rude, and that's not me being negative. I'm just being me. Yeah. If I open up and I give you a little bit more, then obviously I'm cool with you. That's not me being negative, that's not me being, What's the word, stush or bougie and all these yeah, other words, yeah. you know, the 
these these monikers that people throw about. It, it's not that, but that was a massive, massive turning point for me. I started reading more. I started listening more to podcasts. You know, I, another phrase is that you were given one mouth and two ears. Mm. You know, so listen more. Mm. There's so much stuff that people can teach you, that people can do stuff. And I don't need to run my mouth and say about this, that, and what I'm doing. You were talking about hustles. I, we, all the, I've always tried to do something. When it became apparent that I was cutting footballers' hairs or musicians' hairs and stuff like that, um, I, I did the hustle of, you know, the Team Sexy Dexy brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. Know, that, you know that sort of stuff where I thought, okay, well, I've got all this at my disposal. I can do a hat. I can do a T-shirt. I can get um, a model with X amount of following. You know, when Instagram's like blowing mm. up and they can wear stuff. Yeah. And I can sell that because if they're wearing it, it then becomes a... Free advertising, isn't it? hundred percent. So people were doing it. And I was selling hats. I was selling the caps. I was selling the bum bags and mm. stuff like that until I realised, okay, that can branch out into more. And uh, the Dapper Club, you know, these, all of these sub-monikers and stuff so, like that. So then where, where does the whole, you know, you said it just a minute ago about the click, like you mm. talking about like the Dapper Club, you're talking about Team Sex Dexy. Were these just names that you just kind of just come out with? And is it like, I mean, was there a real purpose behind it? Or did you just <laughs> think, do you know what, like, I'm just gonna keep, is it kind of bit like, I'm keeping my people to me, my, my close people to me, and then if you wanna be a part of this sort of like club, like, you know, you've got to be tight with me. Tight yeah, with yeah, yeah. Do you know what? It, um, it's a bit of both. Like if, again, the people that know me, like, I'm not saying I'm cool. <laughs> I'm not cool at all. But if you know me, you know how uncool I am. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like my, my musical genre. Uh, well, that's the thing. Like yeah. a lot of people would look at you in the street and just be like, "Oh yeah, you know, we're going to listen to like ASAP Rocky." No, but then it's no, like you'll have like no. S Club Seven, you'll oh, have S Club Steps, Bewitch, Nine One One, Britney Spears, NSYNC, Backstreet Boys. Like I'm just getting excited thinking about it. Like oh my god, it, it paid homage. Like, like, like you got gas when Jen done the whole jumping with the S. Oh yeah, man. When Jen did that, I was like, boom on my phone, and I tried to stay off my phone and stuff. So if I'm if I'm in your DMs yeah. with laughing faces, then I'm really happy. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. you know that sort of thing. But you know, t two big things for me, like uh, growing up, I, I love wrestling. I love comic books because they were always larger than life characters. Now, and is is that because you wanted to be? Was you kind of like envisioning yourself being one of those characters? Well, I I, I knew like. Do you know what I mean? Like like for example, like you know, you're talking about, and yeah. I'm sure you're going to say this. Yeah. Like <clears throat> Marvel. Um, Marvel Comics? Is yeah, it yeah, 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 So yeah, Marvel yeah. Comics, like WWF wrestling, <laughs> okay? All these characters behind them, they all kind of wear capes, right? Yeah. So is that kind of like how you was thinking of Sexy Dexy, do you know what 100%. I mean? 100%. That's where, for me, the persona came from because I know, you know, little four foot, I'm, I'm not four foot now, but obviously back then, little short, little Dex, little skinny Dex or whatever he is, he can't be the person that I want him to be. Yeah. So that's when, you know, other other things come into play and it's very much like, um, okay, I need a persona. You know, like when you go into the shop floor of a salon, it's an actress, a performance, you know, all of that. Like so when I, you go on stage Yeah, as well, 100%. Yeah. So I had to create something, whether it was Sexy Dexy or whether it was Dapper, I had to create something. And that's where it came from. Because Dapper's not actually your middle name, is it? Nah, it's Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's where it came from. And my boys, my sisters, 
that's where that's where the, the click is. If you if you know my if you're in my club, it's cool. And the click originally was amalgamation of two different factions, and it came as one. And and they're my boys, they're my ride or dies, and they will always always support me no matter what. But in the same breath, they always tell me if I need to do something, mm. if I need to buck up my ears or whatever, um, my ears myself, should I say? They will always tell me. They always be honest with me. So, what other stuff do you do outside of hair? You know, like. I mean, like when people say, you know, so what are your hobbies and stuff like that? What other stuff do you do? Um, so hmm. now you're into your sport. Obviously, you're into your marvels, like you said. Yeah, so uh, avid comic book collector. Um, yeah, got my collection of comic books. Um, some vintage, some new age. Um, what else do I do? Um, do, you know, do you know what something that's very, very uh, dear to me is... Um, Trying to, I don't know how to say it without sounding like a, like a pompous idiot. Like, um, just say it anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna sound like a pompous idiot, but I don't know. Okay, so ever since the crash, I came back with a new lease of life. I knew I was different. It wasn't so much of a, you know, here here for a short time, out for a fun time. You know, all of that stuff. I knew that I, I had to do more, I knew I wanted to do more, I knew I wanted to be more. Mm-hmm. So I, I love like things to do with charity. Not so much because it, it makes me feel better, it makes me feel like I'm doing something. It's not, it's not anything like that. It's more to do with the fact that, you know, if you've got a roof over your head, if you've got water to drink and if you have food to eat, then you're in a situation, I feel, where you're able to help or better someone else. Yeah. You know, when you go to third world countries or, or, you know, underprivileged places, whether if in the, it is even in a westernised society, you know, something as small as five, ten pounds can go such a long way yeah. to help someone, whether they're an orphan, whether they're homeless, you know, a, 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 anything like that. It, something so small can go so far. Some of us will go down Starbucks and we'll, we'll spend five pounds on a latte, a cappuccino, yeah, a, a cup of Rosie Lee, whatever yeah. it is, you know, and not even think about it, a little Boots Mill deal or whatever it is. So I realised later than I probably would have liked, if I can do something like that and I can bring, you know, my other pals on board to do stuff, other people with bigger platforms, you can start to make a difference. Um, the difference doesn't always come instantaneously, but in the long run, whether you're helping one person or whether you're helping 100 people, whether you're helping 500 people, a difference is going to be made. So I thought, okay, how do we tie that in with this new age Dex, you know, this new me that um, needs that buzz? I've always, I've always needed that buzz. We, we spoke about it before, but now I need the extra buzz. So it was like, okay, let's have a boxing fight. Let's raise money for cancer, Yeah, you know? Um, obviously, COVID pending, and I know a lot of people are going to be laughing, uh, especially my friends that are in there. But you done a boxing fight? Yeah, did, did, did a boxing fight, and raised then money. It, and it was a skydive you were supposed to do as well? Yeah, obviously, we've got a skydive coming up this year. We've had to postpone that. Uh, that is to raise uh, money and awareness for the crisis in Yemen and Lebanon. Um, the page is still open for those of you that would like to donate. Um, already, at the moment, we've... Um, we've just established uh, water tanks in the area. So, you know, one water tank will feed 
I, I, I can't stress so, so many people. Um, we're currently dividing, um, dividing the money with an organisation called Happy Feet. Mm -hmm. So Happy Feet is a grassroots organisation that is there on the ground, giving money, giving the food, giving the support to the orphans. Uh, my boy Donovan, like a massive plug, massive thank you to Donovan uh, for getting me on and, and organising that and you know making a difference. Um, currently looking to do uh, a UFC, I should say a UFC fight, MMA fight in the cage, which is, I love my face. It's not a good face, it's a six out of 10 face, but I love my face. But I think anywhere where, one thing I realised is um, people don't necessarily just want to see the same old, same old. So if I can do something where it's going to garner or generate a little something where people think, okay, if he's going to do that, we all know I'm scared of fights. All right, mm. I jump out of plane. People are going to want to donate money more. Mm. And then once they've done that, then it gets down to the crux of it where they start to look at the information and see where the money's going and where it's going to be helped. So that's something that I really, really uh, do want to... I, I, I try and do it as often as I can. Um, and so I did that kind of happen it. after the accident then? Oh, uh, yeah, man. My mentality, my mentality was just different. I, I you know... The, the ABC of human behavior, um, you know, Neil Strauss, the game, you know, how to gain friends and influence people, um, just talking to people actively. As, as a man, um, as a modern day man, I don't talk. I don't talk, mm. I don't talk. My mental health after the crash was in the bin. I couldn't even tie my own shoelaces. I couldn't even write my own signature. Yeah. My mental health was in the bin. I had to come back from such a dark place and I had to, you know, really take a look and think, you know, what do you like? What do you actually want to do? Where do you see yourself? And so at this point, was you living with your parents still? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was living, so living you with did, my parents. So you wasn't by yourself? On yeah, that, so yeah. That, was, that, was, that was a godsend. My, my, my mother, my old dear, she was, she was amazing. Because, again, we talk about hobbies. Massive one with mine was, was the gym. Mm. I was actually meant to go and do um, oh yeah, because uh, another thing you've done a bodybuilding competition. Yeah, yourself, like haven't you? men's physique. Like um, it may seem narcissistic, but I wanted to try and get push myself to the best version of myself I could be. So I knew I ever wanted to be, you know, men's physique, or I wanted to do um, classic beach body or something like that. And I was training, and just like that, boom! Like I said, couldn't even tie my own shoelaces. Uh, couldn't even hold a spoon to feed myself. You know, all that stuff. I, I, I was. I was low, I was dark, I was thinking some, some, some bad, bad stuff. And everything that I wanted to do, I couldn't do. Mm. But, you know, again, you know, here's another quote. You know, every, every setback, it, it positions you for a comeback and stuff like that. So I, I then came, I, I realised if I'm going to do it, you know, let's, let's do it to the best of our ability. Let's do it. Let's get other people involved. Let's just push it, you know, forward. Let's just push it more. Um, and so, yeah, like, I, I came back came back with a bodybuilding, wanted to do it. Um, came back, did the boxing, wanted to do it. Came back with a skydive, wanted to do that. Gonna do the, the MMA fight, wanna do that. We currently got something in the pipeline for a celebrity uh, football match, which is, which is actually, um, it's actually coming together very well. And that is to raise money for Calm, which is to raise awareness, something again, you can probably tell something very, very dear to my heart with regards to uh, uh, male suicide, uh, male depression. Mm -hmm. And it's just, 
yeah, I think that's something that I think it needs to be an open conversation. It needs to be spoken about. So do you think then that that helps you with your own mental health, like having to do these sort of like challenges, which is really going to test you? Because yeah. then do you find, and you know, I'm sure you feel the same as well, you know, that's the thing with going to the gym. It mm. kind of got you something to focus on, Yeah. you know, and, you know, just let, let yourself go basically. But now obviously with it being closed, it's, you know, with this whole COVID situation going on, it's it's very challenging time for everyone, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you find by setting yourself these different goals, it helps you challenge yourself mentally yeah. and keeps you focused on something that's going to be positive? Yeah. You know, you know, for, for, for me, you, you, hit, you hit the nail on your head because for me, I, I have to set myself goals because mm. if I'm constantly hitting goals and if I constantly feel I'm making strides and I'm coming on leaps and bounds, it then doesn't become a goal, it just becomes a habit, it becomes second nature yeah. to, 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 be your, to be the best version of yourself and do what you need to do. There's, I, I don't want to aggress, I don't want to, you know, go into that, that shell, that, that bubble that I became. There, there, there's still lingering effects from the crash that I, I still deal with. Um, someone like you, you, you'll know, and the boys, uh, some of them call me Dory and, you know, little things like that. From the crash where I hit my head so far, short-term memory loss, mm. and it's uh, I genuinely just just forget so much. I could be talking and I just tune out and I, I can't remember what I'm saying. Yeah, and I, I have to I have to be I have to be reminded. But then going back, then I think for people that's new for a long time, they then would just be like, oh yeah, that's the old decks coming back. Oh, you know, you're a bit like clumsy. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, and it, it, it's not. It's 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 weird because it's a version that people will relate to and it will resonate with them but it's actually not me mm. it's a completely different version it's a completely different part of me i just have no control over but if, if you know me now and you realize everything that i can control or anything that i can uh, effectively sway in my favor or or maintain i i will be in control of it yeah. like uh, i'm on that mindset now and i think a lot of people tend to have this mindset you can't you can't you can't tell me no yeah. You can't tell me I can't do something. If I want to do something, I'm, I'm going to yeah. do it. Yeah. Like, it's, it's as simple as And like as you that. said, it's like when someone turns around and says, you can't do it, or like, oh, yeah, don't think you're going to do it. You're like, watch yeah. me do you, it. Yeah, you, you come and tell me why I can't do something. Mm. Don't don't come and tell me, oh, you know, Dex don't like me, or, you know, Dex has got an issue with me. Think about why would Dex have an issue with you? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not passing the buck, I'm, pass, I'm not passing blame or anything like that. But it's very much like... Um, I, I like to think I'm an honest guy, I'm a real guy. I will tell you to your face. Like, mm -hmm. if, if I don't like what you're doing, I don't like what you're doing, and I say it. Yeah. Okay. Let, let, let's, fi let's find common ground because I think everyone has common ground. I have common ground with anyone and everyone. Yeah. Whether it's a um, someone that loves S Club Seven or someone that's an Arsenal fan, even if you're a Tottenham fan, you know, if someone I could I could talk about politics. There's always common ground. There's always common ground. We, we can always find a way to come together, combine and be as one. Yeah. That's how I see it. But no one can tell me no. Yeah. That's how I see it. Yeah. So how, so how has COVID been affecting you? You, you know, know, like with this, with everything that's going on. You know, like obviously, mm. you know, you're working for Tony and Guy. You know, I imagine you're on furlough now because we can't cut hair, we mm. can't teach, mm. everything's closed down. How is that affecting you um, from a work point of view, mm. and also from a mental health point of view, and also how have you? How are you trying to look towards the positive of this situation, especially because there is no given date. We don't know when things are going to start to open up or anything like that. Yeah, that, that's, it's, it's interesting because... And also, sorry, just about in, 
also because you live by yourself as well. Yeah. Because, you know, th this is the thing, you know, like I'm fortunate enough that I live with, you know, my wife Jen and Theo, mm. you know, I have close people around me. And, like, obviously you live down the road from me, like, you know, I'm not going to say where you live, but you live down the road from <laughs> me. But it's like, yeah. obviously your family and your friends, like close friends mm. are the opposite side to where you live now. So mm. it's like, how are you... How are you finding with the situation? You know, I know you said you enjoy your reading and like, you know, mm. learning and educating and stuff like that. Like, yeah. You know, it, it's, 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 very, it's very funny because I think even as much as I talk and I say I'm, I'm comfortable with myself, um, I, I, like, I like to think I know myself and, and, and so much. There's, there's so many things where, you know, you probably don't know yourself. You probably don't even know your, your, your spouse as much as you think you do. Mm -hmm. I think with COVID, what, what it's taught me and I think what it's taught a lot of people is, you know, don't be afraid to, you know, really look at yourself in the, in the mirror and just, you know, just, just delve deep. Just, just delve, delve deep. You know, it's, um, I'm, I'm lucky I work for a brand that uh, are still engaging with their staff, they're still doing things. I, I know there's probably brands out there that haven't, haven't spoken to their staff members, whether it's because they can't or they don't have the means or they have the facilities. I, I, I work for a, a brand that's worldwide, that, that can engage, can, that can ha has a platform, you know, that can, that can do good. And I've been a part of that, which mm -hmm. I'm very, very thankful for. Yeah. With regards to myself, um, it's, it's funny, I, I was reading, there's this, there's this phobia, I think it's called like Zoom phobia, where people now are, are wanting to get more work done it, it with, within our age group and demographic because all they've had to do is look at themselves in the mirror um, or they've had to look at themselves on a laptop 24-7 yeah. and they're finding all these imperfections. I knew from the beginning, that first lockdown, I was doing things, I, I was, I was, it was very funny. I remember saying to my mate, Court, uh, I'm not gonna go on TikTok, I'm not gonna do any TikTok, TikTok's for me. I went, I went and did TikToks. Yeah. We've all seen some of my TikToks. That's my vice now in lockdown. But what I wanted to do more, I wanted to take a look at myself and I thought, okay, Dex, you being you, you, you think you're, you're, you're here. I always say I saw this six out of 10 and I know, I know that's where I'd be, that, that, that's my benchmark. How can I push myself to a, a seven or even a six and a half? So I was looking at myself, you know, born here, Southeast London, but my family heritage is Sierra Leone. And they're from Sierra Leone, they're Sierra, Leone, Sierra Leonean, should I say. So I wanted to, you know, I, I, I love languages. I try and pick up languages. I wanted to learn a little bit more about my her heritage. So I started challenging myself to learn Creole, which is, is, is the language of my country. The capital is Freetown. Where What's the language? Creole? Creole. Is that broken up French? Yeah, so, so it, has, it has certain aspects. So like, Depending on what part you're from, it could be it could be um, broken French. Ours is a little bit, I would say, has those. Um, please forgive me because I am still learning <laughs> if I say it wrong. But it has those sort of element of French qualities, but still with that English twang. Because you know, it's really crazy. Because you know, my my dad's obviously Mauritian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. in Mauritius, their the language they speak there is Creole. Yeah, yeah, Is yeah. it the same then? De various versions. Same? So I was, I was not long ago, I was, I was out the country and I was doing something for Virgil, for Louis Vuitton. And unbeknownst to me, it, it's, it's so funny. Well, there's so many of us in, in, different, in different sectors. Um, and um, Virgil's right-hand man, Ibi, Ibrahim, was from Sierra Leone. And he sort of, we, we were just talking, as, as you do, he was asking where we're from. And he, he looked at me and said, Abby Body. And I was like, what? 
because you don't expect someone to come out with a language. Mm. And um, I remember I was so I was so taken aback. I should have said, "Ah, oh, the body final," but I was like, "Yeah, I'm sweet, mate." <laughs> and I was just I was just like that because it was it was just so strange. But it it was it was interesting. I, I want to be in a place where I'm, I'm I'm comfortable enough to, you know, not be startled or yeah. you know, not be taken aback in any situation. So for me in lockdown, I wanted to get to know myself more. You know, I want to get to know my friends more. In this industry, in this environment, it's a very easy excuse. I'm too busy. Mm. Sorry, mate, I can't come out. Yeah. Or, sorry, lover, I can't come to this dinner, this meet and greet, whatever it is. So I wanted to do more. I wanted to engage more. Whether that meant FaceTiming for five minutes, um, you know, get to know my nieces and nephews, uh, get to know my friends' children and stuff like that. Like, we all know about my memory. I'm terrible at remembering dates, so I, I forget birthdays and stuff like that. So I want to be in a position where, say hypothetically speaking, if I did forget a birthday or if I did forget something, it's not like, oh, that's another one to add to the list that Dex hasn't done. It's like, okay, we'll let that be a buyer because Dex has been there, Dex has done this. So in lockdown, I, I just wanted to get to know myself more and I wanted to get to know my nearest and dearest more. So that's what I took from the first lockdown and second lockdown. And yeah, it's been bad for our industry. I feel like we've been pushing away at uh, the wayside where it's like, you know, oh, you know, you know, they're fine, they're the last to be. I remember the first lockdown where you could go to the hairdressers, oh no, sorry, you could go to the barbers and have your beard trimmed, mm. but you couldn't go to a beautician and have your, you know, your face threaded or a facial waxing. It was just stupid, there was no consistency. So th there's, there's real negative aspects, but above all else, you know, we'll never get this time again to engage with our loved ones yeah. and to engage with ourselves. So that's the positive side that you're looking at it? That's it, yeah, I, I have to see it as, you know, glass half full as opposed to glass half empty. Yeah, that's mm. it. Right, so last question I want to ask you yeah. is last meal. <laughs> so it has to consist of a starter, main and a dessert. Do you know what? Last um, question I always ask everyone. Can, can, can I swear? You can, can swear, swear as much as you want. I'm, I'm a basic bitch. I'm as basic as they come. I'm 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 a geek. I've got, I've got nothing about me. Like if you know me, it's a it's a facade for cars. I don't even know how to say it. It's I am bland as it comes. For me, I always think of happy times. Um, and it's funny because I was I was asked this. I did an interview with another magazine, and someone asked me something similar. When I think of happy times, I think of me as a kid. Yeah. Right. And when I think of me as a kid, I think of. You know, they're the moments that you, you, you know you never get back. Mm. And it's, it sounds silly, but how I eat, like I, we all know I love McDonald's, but especially when you go to Jimmy, you have to eat proper to get the results that you want to do. I know you can't tell now, guys, I do apologize. But you, you have to do certain stuff to get to the results you want to do. And when it comes to food, the happiest memories I have of food are when I was in school. Right. Like, it's that silly. Or, you know that meal when you came home from the after school club and stuff like that? People will give me stick, like I could easily go for a steak or, and I, I do love calamari and, and stuff like that. Um, but for me, my main would be, you know, turkey dinosaurs, <laughs> smiley faces and baked beans. No word of a lie. What, for a main? For my, for my main, that would be my main, like buzzing. Like, put it on a <laughs> plate and I'm, and I'm happy. And then, my starter would be like, I don't know, just something reckless, like, I don't know, like party rings. 
or something like that. Wagon wheels. You know all of that. You know all of that shenanigans. I don't well, so you'd have a, like a sweet start. Yeah, like I'd have, a, I'd have a sweet start. I'd have wagon wheels or party rings or you know, a little club or a Freddo. Yeah, yeah, uh, Freddo. I had a Freddo the other day. It's, Caramel. It's, it's mad. Freddo. And then that would be my starter. Uh, sorry, my main. And then my dessert would be like apple crumble and custard or, you know, those little sponge. Ca- no, do you know what? Do you know what? If you know me, you know this is very, very true. I, I have a habit of just going into Marks and Spencers and buying a star birthday cake. You know, the girls <laughs> in my re- salon. I remember seeing you like in the yeah, train that's, that's I'm not a cake guy, but if you had yeah, the Marks and Spencers bag and I was like, what's in there? like a birthday yeah, cake. Yeah, you saw me at the train station. I was like, that's birthday cake. That's my advice. My advice would, if I'm with my friends, we'll make a little TikTok together. And it's fun. not even your birthday. That's <laughs> not my birthday. It's not my birthday. I had a, I had a, really, I had a really awkward, I had a really awkward scenario where I was in work and it was one of the girls' birthdays. Now, I'm a, I don't go on Facebook and stuff like that. The birthdays, I need to remember, they're, they're in my notes. I'd just been to Marks and Sparks and I'd, uh, I bought a birthday cake to eat down for myself. And uh, I've gone in there, I popped it up. Someone started looking at it and cutting it up, like, everyone's singing happy birthday. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's mine. That's mine. I feel bad. I feel bad because it's, it's the bird's birthday, but no, this is mine. I'll go and buy you another one. We'll share that, but. Nah, yeah, Marks and Sparks uh, birthday cake, turkey dinosaur, smiley, uh, smiley faces, and wagon beans. wings. And then, you know, dropping some wagon mills, a club of Freddo. That's a starter. That's me. I'm a big kid. Oh, God. And that's, that, that, that's it. God. Yeah. <laughs> Dexter, thank you so much for joining me at Lutchman Studios. Thank you, bro. Guys, thank you very much for watching once again, and I'll see you next time.